The Old Testament lesson comes from Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18. Do not say to yourself, My power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to you, your ancestors, as he is doing today. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere, and teach the way of God in accordance with truth, and show deference to no one, but you do not regard people with partiality for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to him, them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to start with kind of a light uh, question this morning. What do you think of taxes? If I just mention the word taxes, does it bring up some like discomfort? Frustration, anxiety, maybe you're like, yeah, more of that, necessary. Yeah, I hear that, I hear that. Uh, well, really, I, I guess I should start with a, a slightly different question. And I, I implore you no condemning statements of other uh, people who think, might think differently than you. But just simply to ask, to answer the question, how do you feel like taxes should be used? To help people in need. I like that. Yeah. Other thoughts? The things they were intended to do. Mm. Equitably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think these are, these are fair and reasonable things to, to ask of our taxes. I mean, uh, if you... If we really get down to it, the entire intent of taxes is for public service. For instance, how did you get here this morning? The roads? Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I personally did not pave those roads. Uh, they were paved by a group that was paid for through taxes. Um, it would be great if we had better public transportation there, but I guess that would also require taxes, huh? Uh, yeah, they are meant for public service, things like education, infrastructure, financial support, global connections, social programming, uh, these broad sweeping categories that are meant to essentially bring about a healthy community, human flourishing of sorts. And yes, of course, there is no denying there's always, always going to be some amount of corruption in the way that those funds are allocated because we ask humans to do the job. Yeah, go figure. But that's not the intention of taxes. In fact, at their uh, very base, if we 
really see how taxes can be used. They're a payment to cultivate human flourishing if used properly. They are our return payment on the resources of which we take advantage. Uh, in fact, Henry David Thoreau, fascinating guy, by the way, definitely should read uh, any of his, of his works or biography. Uh, but in his work, Civil Disobedience, uh, you might think you know where this is going, but in his work, Civil Disobedience, Henry David Thoreau comments on actually our passage from Matthew 22 this morning, the instructions to give back to Caesar. Uh, he uses the words, if you use money which has the image of Caesar on it, and which he has made current and valuable, that is, if you are men of the state, and gladly enjoy the advantages of Caesar's government, then pay him back some of his own when he demands it. In other words, this whole question of paying taxes, he's essentially saying, if you benefit from it, pay it forward. It's kind of an investment. Now, let me be very clear here. I'm not anybody who's going to tell you how you should be spending your money. I will encourage you, don't try to evade your taxes. Uh, most people don't benefit uh, well from that. I say most people because I guess there are exceptions, but I can't, I'm not going to recommend anything financial this morning. But really just to think, to question, to consider. Because... We enjoy certain privileges provided by the government. We got here on roads. So some of them might not be paved to our liking. We benefit from the street lights. Uh, I'm a product of public education. I, I know things are like different down in Mobile. Like I, I still don't understand the whole private private school system versus public school system freaks me out. I, I only knew public school uh, and really enjoyed it, but I gained that benefit. It was great. Uh, we have these benefits that we reap from there. So if we are to take Henry David Thoreau's words to heart, shouldn't we continue to support that? Now here's where it gets interesting and really where I want us to go today is by asking the question, do we not also enjoy certain privileges and advantages from God? Today, we get into the question of, what does God want with my money? What does God want with my money? And we start with a different question. Why do we call it my money? Now. This is, this is where I really, whenever I was preparing the sermon, I wanted to just get out there and like, I wanted to ask everybody to wear sandals this morning so I could just come by and just start stomping on some toes. I'm going to try to be a little bit more polite though. Why do we call it my money? The easy answer is, I earned it. I worked for it. That's why it's mine. But I, I mean, that's all well and good, sure. Uh, but then we also need to kind of wrestle with the question, how do we know when something belongs to someone, when someone has a certain ownership over that, whenever it is theirs versus mine? And uh, we have different standards for this. Uh, by and large, we would say that if I were to come over here and I were to build, I don't know, a box. We'll just say that. If I were to stand here and build a box, whose box would that be? Mine, because I made it, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's one of our standards, that something belongs to someone if they are the ones who crafted it. By that standard, however, every single penny of our finances belongs to the U.S. Treasury. Ooh, yikes. And, by that standard, everything belongs to God. Then we get to the other standard we hold. Is it based on who had it first? Right, so, you know, if I, if I have something... Boom, I'll pull out my phone here. I have something and let's say it's, I just leave it around and somebody finds it and you know, we had the whole finders keepers things growing up, but we know that's not actually true, right? Uh, somebody might find this, it's still mine, right? Because I had it first. But if that standard is true, then the very land which we are on today actually belongs to the Choctaw, Chickasaw, and Ch Chateau people. Not us. And, by extension, if it's based on who had it first, everything belongs to God. And then we get to the whole, is it really based on who earned it that we consider ownership? And this is a difficult subject. This is a difficult standard to even measure. Because I know, I know the People working in the Colombian coffee fields, from whence much of our coffee beans originate, they work far harder than do the people who drink that roast at Starbucks but still make 100 times the amount that they do. Is it really about who earned it? Because they work a lot harder than most people I know. Oh, and so we get into this really sticky conversation whenever we start talking about who earned it, but we might actually recall the one who works tirelessly for all of existence and remember for one more moment that everything belongs to God. Now, of course, we could continue this conversation all day trying to parse out what it means for something to belong to someone, but we come back to the original question of why do we call it my money? Why is it mine? Perhaps this comes from our need to control certain things. Maybe it comes from our need to be right. If it's my money, I can choose what's the right way to use it. Or perhaps we really are just that selfish about it. Whatever the reason might be, the words of Christ call us to consider how pointless that very notion might be. The very concept of my money. Because it's not about who owns it. It's about how it's used. We might have been taught that money is the root of all evil, uh, which by the way is a horrible misquote of scripture, uh, the actual verse. Anybody know what it actually says about money? The love of money. The love of money. Yeah, that's right. The love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, that's because money itself is not inherently good or bad. It's this general neutral of a tool. And tools can be used for great harm or great good. I have a cute little hammer here. I wanted to bring in a really big one, but I forgot. What could I use this for right now? To break things. Fascinating. That's the first thing. You see a hammer and you think break things. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was looking at all these nice little windows. It just tink. 
put another crack in this. I don't know, what else could I use this for? Yeah, to hammer in a nail. Maybe I could use, the use this to fix something. That rail leading up the stairs is kind of loose. Man, go back in there. I think those are screws, not nails. But anyway, I, I could hammer a screw. That would work just fine. Yeah, a, a tool is a generally neutral object. I get to choose what kind of impact it makes. Huh, no pun intended. I get to choose if this is going to be a source of destruction or a source of construction to build up or to tear down. Even though it might be mine, and this actually isn't mine, this belongs to Kay. I stole it from your desk. She had it first, right, so it must be hers. Uh, even though this might be mine, how I use it is going to be, make much more of a difference than whether or not it is mine. But the very concept of placing the status of mine onto this hammer immediately says that, you know what? I'm not going to let this extend beyond what I need or what I want. And this is where it becomes a little bit more dangerous. Because I know, without a doubt, there are probably several of these midtown homes that could use a good hammer. Right? I mean, you know, you get a home old enough, they probably just need a couple of those boards put back into place. But I'm not going to go into these people's homes and fix things for them, unless they're going to pay me generously. Maybe. Uh, but I'm going to use this for what I need it for. If I have something that needs to be hammered, I actually prefer a drill. Oh, that's much easier. But I have another tool here with us. Yeah, you thought I was going to bring out a saw, didn't you? I thought about it. Uh, this rope here. This rope is mine. And I can use it for great good or not. But we're going to play a little game. Anybody ever played the game The Floor is Lava? Yeah. <laughs> the Floor is Lava is a very simple concept. The floor is lava. Don't touch the lava or you're going to get burned. Um, so you're all out there sitting in these pews and the pews are slowly sinking into the lava. And I feel like I could help you out. I've got rope. It might not be very strong, but I feel like, it could, I feel like I could pull you out of the lava with this. But it's mine. I'm not sure that I want to help you out. Now, let me ask a question. Is this amount of rope worth more than a human life? It's not, but it's mine. Don't I get to make that decision? Value calls, yeah, this is gonna be tough. Now, I think that I could help somebody out here. The floor is lava. Here you go. Sure. All right, I'm gonna save Mark, because it's my rope. I like him more than the rest of you. Uh, so, uh, yes, as I rightfully do. Uh, so I'm gonna save him. But I feel like I can do more with this. This is actually a lot of rope. Mark, would you like to pass this on to somebody else too? You, you, you keep hold of that rope, you might need it. Yeah, you keep hold of that rope, but pass it on to somebody else. All right, perfect, BJ, we're gonna save you now too. You're gonna get out of the lava. I got two people on this rope, but I'm starting to run out of rope. I don't know that I want this rope to help somebody else out. Oh, look at them, they're just passing my rope around. You didn't have my permission to throw my rope over there. Fine, fine, you can have my rope. 
Well, then you're all just going to drown in the lava. You don't want to cut the rope. Uh, yeah, you could. Yeah, you have that choice, sure. Uh, Meg, would you like to pass that rope to somebody else? Happy birthday, by the way. Yeah, hang, hang on to that rope, though. You're going to need it. All right, Beverly, would you like to keep passing that rope around? Let's just go ahead and pass this rope around. Let's see how far it can go. I don't know. How, we might have enough here. I'm, I'm willing to risk all my rope to save you all from the floor is lava. We're just going to, yeah, just keep passing it around as long as it takes here. So I have this that's mine, and I know that it could do some good. But the thing is, is it's mine. And I might need this rope if the lava gets to me, right? I might need this rope if I get in danger, right? But I think I have enough to help us out. But I'm not sure that I have enough to help us out. But is it at least worth trying? You don't want to leave somebody like uh, in the Titanic, what's her face, pushes Jack off the door. <laughs> Terribly cruel. <laughs> what was her name? Kate? Rose, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Rose just, sorry, bummer. What's that? That's true. Into the lava? Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so yes, absolutely. So we're starting to see that there's a little bit of an interesting connection going on here. Has anybody ever been, uh, been like rock climbing, actual rock climbing, not like in a rock gym, but like actual rock climbing with other people too? Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, so there's, there's this interesting concept whenever you're rock climbing with other people, especially when you start getting higher up, that you are suddenly very responsible for the other people who are up there with you based on the fact that you are connected by this rope. And you have the capacity to let somebody hang on for dear life if their hands can't do it for them. Uh, we're kind of doing this little exercise here ourselves. We have this tool, generally neutral tool. I can use it to be really mean and just like unwind it all right here and let it burn in the lava with the rest of you all. But also, this could be something that could actually make a big difference. Something that could spare somebody's life. Maybe literally, like in the case of the floor is lava. Maybe uh, in some kind of metaphorical way. Maybe just alleviate the pressure. This is what the church has been called to do with money. Anybody want to quote any scripture related to money? Aside from the whole money is the love of money is the root of all evil thing. We've already done that one. God loves a cheerful giver. Loves a cheerful giver. How about that? I feel like we've heard that one today. Anybody else want to quote some scripture about money? Everybody's like, I really don't want to quote that one. The whole sell all your possessions and give the proceeds to the poor. Oh. Uh, if, you look across, uh, if you look across scripture, the points where people get it right about money, there are some points where people are pretty greedy about money, but the points where people get it right about money are the points where it's used as a tool to benefit others, to hold others up, to support one another. We get into the first church in Acts and we see they were holding all things in common so that 
No one had a need among them. Imagine the good we could do by just stretching this a little bit further. So we all have a little, we're getting there, we almost all have a little bit of rope here. I really just want to like get y'all to stand up and like start spinning around or something, see how tangled we can get. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to leave this here as my extension. Oh, there it is in the lava. Yikes. <laughs> just like any tool, money can be used for great good or great evil, or great neutral, and I could just stand here and watch you all burn, which I guess that's actually evil. But uh, this is something that can make a difference for us. And so I want to consider now the words that Jesus uh, tells the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, whenever he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God. You see, he never actually answers the question about taxes. And in fact, for two millennia, people have been picking apart this verse trying to figure out what does Jesus actually have to say about taxes and money. And they get to wildly different conclusions. That's because Jesus wasn't trying to answer the question that they proposed. Jesus was trying to get us to think about it a little bit more critically. Because just as taxes are intended to be used for good, so too is the, are the funds that God calls us to utilize as well. So we recognize that you know, in its intention, the government wants to use the, fund, the funding that we have for good. Don't get me started on the whole, yeah, it doesn't always work that way thing, but that's the intention behind it. How about God? How does God want to use money? I would imagine, for good. And we can't, uh, we can't provide a whole lot of good when we simply hold on to what I want to be mine. I might be able to do some good for me, but when has God ever called us to be so self-centered? Ultimately, money is to be used for good as this tool. Which is why Jesus proposes the answer that he does on the question of paying taxes. Because ultimately it's your choice. You can give it to Caesar. And it will be used for good to some extent, not exclusively. You can give it to God. And it should be used for good there too. But here's the thing. In either case... It's your responsibility to get involved in the way that money is used. Giving it, giving it to Caesar, giving it to God, either way, get involved in the way that it's being used. Vote. Oh my goodness, midterms are coming up. Please go to the polls and vote, but don't go at the same time that I'm planning to go. Get involved in the life of the church. See how those funds that you so generously provide go to supporting the, the uh, faith journey of our children. See how we can make a difference in our community. And most importantly, when you see the funds that you are giving to Caesar, the government, or you see the funds you are giving to God or the church, 
being used poorly, stand up against it. Because this tool is meant to be used for good. Because ultimately, this is the way that we all hold each other up. Holding all things in common so that no one has a need. And when the lava starts to rise, we have this safety net of sorts. So my challenge for us this week is to use this tool, our resources, our money, for good. To use it for God. Let us pray.